Thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Life Church Podcast. In these episodes, you will hear encouraging messages from our weekend services. If you'd like to know more about us, watch a live stream, or find the closest Eastern Iowa campus near you, go to lifechurchnow.org. Um, we are in a series uh, this summer called uh, Passages, which are passages from the scripture that uh, various people, the pastoral staff, are taking turns uh, explaining, going through that are have been very uniquely impacting or, or are now being impacting to them. So that's where the passages comes from. Um, we are uh, this morning going to wrestle with the question, and maybe this is something that you ask, what happened to my joy? And we're going to look at Philippians, uh, the whole book of Philippians, uh, not a couple passages in the whole book of Philippians. Um, and uh, it's a great place to really wrestle with this question. Now, uh, some of us, when we talk about joy, we think about in terms of um, something like this. I have been watching my phone because uh, we had grandchildren with us over the last couple of days who uh, the two boys are expecting their uh, baby sister to arrive any moment. In fact, mom and dad headed to the hospital last night and then texted late in the night saying, oh, false alarm. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and so if you've ever had children, if uh, you've watched them graduate, accomplish things, if you have grandchildren, you know what joy is in terms of celebrating them and rejoicing about them, uh, coming into the world, and all those kinds of things. Um, but there's... Uh, a challenge that sometimes we face that sometimes it's not those kinds of things that we're experiencing. There's other stuff that's going on. So open your Bible if you've got a, a copy available. We're going to turn to Philippians chapter 1, and Paul's going to speak to us about joy, and we're going to end up being very practical about it, all right? So he says this, and this is my prayer. Right away in, in the first chapter. Four chapters in the book, first chapter. And this is my prayer, that your love for God may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless on the day of Christ. Now, here's what I know that most of you have read before or just read now. And this is my prayer, that your love for God may abound more and more. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, it's not what he said, but it is where our thinking goes. Uh, Christianity is all about love. Well, it's all about God's love. It's about our love for him and love for others. But uh, the scripture says there's more than love involved. He says, I'm praying that your love for God may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Along with joy, along with love, there's knowledge and depth of insight. Not just joy, it's not just, excuse me, not just, um, where am I at? Goodness. Not just love, it's uh, uh, depth of insight, knowledge and depth of insight. So, we're going to have to grow. Yes, we all want to grow in love, and love is the big focus for all of us, all those kinds of things in society. Love is everything, love, 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 but... 
Paul says to the Philippians who are very poor and living amongst a society that doesn't uh, know who they are really, other um, Greek-leaning people who don't have any knowledge of this Christianity stuff or Jewish stuff or anything from history. And uh, he says, there's more than love. You need some knowledge and depth of insight. So that, here's the issue, so that you may be able to discern what is best right now. Isn't it kind of necessary, you find, from day to day to know what is it I should do? And he says, God will give you that insight and understanding, but you have to, you have to be in a position for it. The whole point of life right now at the moment I want to bring to your attention, dear Philippians, is that you need some knowledge and depth of insight beyond where you're already at. And there's something very interesting here because uh, this whole passage, Philippians, four chapters, uh, and this prayer for knowledge and depth of insight for the ability to discern what is best is couched in these four chapters that have the word joy or rejoice reoccurring. Reoccurring many times, actually. Joy or its derivative, rejoice, occurs 14 times in this little book of Philippians. Joy, six times. Um, I put this one in parentheses simply because an older version, and most translations, uh, an older version of the NIV uh, than what I'm using right now has joy as uh, the word there. Uh, they've chosen another word now that I don't understand. But anyway, uh, rejoice six times. Excuse me, eight times. So a total of 14 times, the whole context of having knowledge and depth of insight has to do something with joy. Sometimes you run into things in scripture and you read them and you go, ah, da, 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 yeah. all right. <laughs> but I don't feel like that applies to me. It's not operating that way in my life. And so we just go past things. And it's a little hard if you read the whole book of Philippians to go past the fact that Paul has making a big deal about joy and rejoice, and I'll show you just how big of a deal he makes it. So anyway, abounding in depth, uh, abounding in knowledge and depth of insight has something to do with joy. Now, our issue, let's hold off on the definition, uh, our issue is we need to have a definition uh, of joy because what we're most prone, where we think of joy, we think about it of things that make us happy. So if I get a new granddaughter, when uh, the other two new grandchildren, we have, four, uh, we have six, about to have seven, eight and nine on the way also, and other family members, uh, when they come, we're gonna be experiencing joy. Yes, yes, yes. But what happens when one of them has trouble or something? What most of us get stumbled and, and caught up on is that we think of joy as only being happiness. In other words, if the circumstances are right, we feel joyful and happy. And the problem is that for biblical uh, aligning people, joy is, goes beyond happiness. Happiness is aligned with circumstances. Joy goes beyond that. It is a feeling of well-being beyond if things are going well. The definition of joy. 
This is my definition. Other people could make it uh, more succinct, but it just includes some key components. You don't have to memorize it. You might want to take a picture or write it down, but the issue is this. There are some things that are necessary to understand about what joy is and what it's not that are aligned to just happiness so we don't mix the two up because uh, happiness really is a subset of joy, uh, but it goes beyond uh, happiness. So joy is a feeling of pleasant and anxious less. And let's stop for a minute. You know, for those of you who are grammar people, anxious less, in my opinion, should be hyphenated. Uh, it seems like it to me. Microsoft Word said no. Um, <clears throat> I went with Microsoft Word. I'm not anxious what you think about that. Um, <clears throat> So joy is a feeling of spiritual and anxiousless well-being that is dependent on who God is rather than on who we are or what is happening around us. So there's some sort of ability to have a restfulness, a gentleness, a peaceableness, a wellness that's beyond if something great and exciting is happening around us, says Paul. So, uh, that's joy. What's rejoice then? The other word used here so many times. Rejoice means to recall or be reminded, re-celebrate again, the very same thing, who God is, which never changes. Circumstances change. The ability to have joy and to rejoice does not have to change. We get changed though because we're so susceptible to circumstances, right? I am, and you are too. All right, so those, those are the definitions and that's joy and rejoice versus just being happy, okay? Important difference. Now, we're gonna go, we're gonna skip here to chapter three, verse one. So we're halfway through Philippians and already, this, this, yep, go ahead. Uh, already, uh, 3-1, we run into this rejoice in the Lord and, and the use of Lord or rejoice, excuse me, joy or rejoice is now been used eight times by the time we get here. Eight times. And Paul says this, further my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord! Exclamation mark. And you're going by this time, huh? <laughs> Oh, by the way, hey, it's not a problem for me to write the same things to you again and again. I'm going to do it 16 times. It's actually a safeguard to you. I understand, says Paul, life is what it is, and the things that come to disrupt, disturb, cause anxiousness, rob peace, they come, and they come, and they come, and they come, and they're fast, and they're furious, and they're loud, and unrelenting. So I have no problem stopping and taking a little time to make sure you understand there's a fundamental ability and a state of being available to you that has nothing to do with what is going on around you. I'll tell you this again, and I don't consider it a problem. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, I'm going to give you a little history lesson. I've got a picture here of something some of you have never seen. <laughs> I heard someone say, what is it? It's an old black and white TV. See, in the beginning of time when, not, not, in, the, not in the beginning of time. Anyway, uh, before there was color TV, there was black and white TV with no color. And, um, you know, you had these two dials right here. This one turned to a several channels and it would click. So it would lock in right on the frequency. This one right here, you would, it had a whole big range of other uh, stations available to you, but you didn't know exactly where that was at. And so you would just be trying to fine tune it. And then up here you had these uh, rabbit ears and antennas. Uh, there was no connection to anybody else uh, boosting your signal through cable or anything like that. And, and so uh, you could, on some channels, depending on where that station was broadcasting from, uh, your antennas needed to be out like this or like this or like this, whatever, and you just didn't know. And, and you really, that really got tricky down here on these channels because they, they weren't as strong, they were so much fuzzier. And, and you know, if the wind was blowing, not much you could, if, if, you, if you sneezed, <clears throat> you're out of luck. If you thought about sneezing, uh, in case spirits what, wasn't all that great. Now, however, Christy and I, when we first got married, we had no TV. Uh, it was Christy's ideal that uh, we would just not have a TV. Well, um, and of course, <laughs> I'm freshly married. <laughs> okay, dear, no TV, all right. Uh, so, uh, and most of you, and most of you don't remember or never have experienced this, there wasn't all that big a selection anyway. You weren't missing out on that much uh, in comparison to today. So, uh, Christy's parents were coming from Iowa, where we were married. I was going to school, had been going to school in uh, grad school in Ohio. So after the wedding, we went back to Ohio. And uh, in a few months, her parents decided to come visit us. Now, it must have been March Madness, I don't remember exactly, but Iowa basketball team was playing on TV and it was a nationally broadcast game. So you didn't get to choose what you watched. It was on, on TV and that was it. So they were coming and her dear father was pretty certain we needed a TV uh, while he was there because Iowa basketball team was playing. So he went to Washington, Iowa, uh, where they had uh, a store who, which sold uh, old TVs as well, new ones, and he found a TV very much looking like this that he purchased and brought with him for $28.50. Now, it was a unique TV. It was complete, the case was completely everything that you see here that is buff, it was aqua. <laughs> it was beautiful. And it went so well with our lime green carpet. Shag, shag carpet, you know. So, so anyway, this is our TV. And we watched that game 
uh, as I remember. I don't remember really, but we must have watched the game during that weekend. And uh, they went home, and we continued to watch that TV because it was there. So Sundays we would tune in. Sundays was when we most watched Sunday afternoons. But over time, this beautiful TV showed how old it was because the TV screen slowly crept up and the bottom third was blank. Now the bottom third was being broadcast invisible, but it was up here in the, this section flipped upside down. <laughs> yeah, we watched it. <laughs> Even as it continued to shrink and more and more was flipped upside down. Um, so, the problem is today we know that we have lots more choices. And man, if we don't, if something's not coming through the way we want to see it, we can just change the channel. And my gosh, uh, the broadcast clears up immensely, immediately, right? Okay, so the whole point is this. The absence of joy indicates that something is wrong. The absence of clarity, you know, we already know with the TV, something's wrong. The absence of joy is a surefire proof that something spiritually isn't wrong in your life. It needs fixed, needs changed. And the next statement also is if joy is missing, you are probably tuned to the wrong broadcast source. Telltale signs, all right, joy is missing, I got some broadcasts coming in that aren't from a helpful source, okay? Now, it's pretty hard these days to not be besieged by all kinds of stuff that's coming at us. I mean, it's coming, the stuff that we're facing uh, over the last several years, just this week here in the state of Iowa. I mean, I'm not talking about the stuff that's going on in national news and everyone's opinion of the national news and everyone's solutions to the natural new, uh, national news and everyone's differing uh, with that person about what's right in the national news and how to fix it and uh, the stupidity by that person and not by this person, but that person and this person and all the stuff and the options are just, you know, hard not to be worked up. Whether you're getting your feed from Twitter or Instagram, Facebook, whatever the case, YouTube, whatever the case might be, TikTok, I mean, really deep stuff, uh, you know. And so, some of us are just really in the sense that we have to have some intervention in our life. Paul provides that in Philippians 4, 4 through 6. And this is the passage that most believers, if you've walked with Jesus for a while, are most familiar with in Philippians. He says, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be able to do all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Da, 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 da. And a, and a lot of us have learned how to embrace that and celebrate that. But if we're really honest, and, and, and many people, when you first encounter this, you go, hello? You can beat me all you want with this rejoice stuff, but there's no way I cannot be anxious. I have anxiety at times. I worry. Are you living in the real world, Paul? 
And, and, and that's what we think. So we're challenged by scripture. And here's what happens. Many of us sometimes uh, interact with scripture, lots of different places in scripture. And uh, this is great, this is noble. It's, uh, you know, it, it's good lofty thinking. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's helpful, it's uh, motivational, uh, but it doesn't really work quite like this in my life. If I run into one of those things, then, then there's other things in scripture that are a little suspect, right? If you, if you lose confidence in something, then it's not, then it becomes more and more pervasive that you've lost confidence. If you don't have full confidence, you don't have full confidence in the word of God. So, uh, Paul says this, rejoice. <laughs> I said again, rejoice. Oh, by the way, it's not a problem to me. You say it again. Remember, 3-1. Uh, I'll say it again. Rejoice. Um, do not be anxious about anything. Now, we encounter something here. That sounds grand and glorious and really pious, Paul. But what you, you would say that if you overlooked chapter 3. Chapter 2, excuse me, at the end of chapter 2, which says this. <laughs> Paul says... He's writing in this letter back to the Philippians. I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, uh, whom you sent to take care of my needs. They sent Epaphroditus, a trusted leader in the church, uh, to bring to Paul uh, rations and uh, clothing and food and, and money, presumably, things that were necessary for him to work and survive uh, while he was ministering. Uh, for he is distressed, Epaphroditus, because you heard he was ill, and they don't know how ill he is. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him, you can be glad. You can really know he's all right. Not just wonder if these messages back and forth that are taking days to come and go, if, you know, if, if we're being fed a lie that he's really dead already. All right, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less. So there's a, a misnomer when we get to chapter four and we're assuming Paul is wagging his finger at us, telling us we should not be anxious when he tells us he's anxious at times. And by the way, notice this. He does not say so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have no anxiety. He says less anxiety. Isn't that interesting? Why would he have anxiety? Or why would, why would anxiety potentially be a problem for him? Well, Epaphroditus, uh, he wanted to keep him there. Uh, he's very valuable, so strong, but he knows the leaders in Phil Philippians, Philippi need him back. So he's going to send him back. He's going to surrender that. He himself uh, went through everything that 
Epaphroditus went through. He saw him suffering and uh, clinging to his life. He was part of the group of people who tried to get help for him, who prayed for him, who saw him all but die. Oh, by the way, <laughs> Paul's writing this letter from prison. He's been in prison. He's not unfamiliar with prison because he gets there quite a bit because people don't like what he's saying, what he's teaching. And you can read in, uh, in the latter parts of 2 Corinthians about a whole list of things that he has gone through, shipwreck and illness and all kinds of things that he says all, all of me ends up calling um, uh, momentary troubles, light and momentary troubles. Uh, but are anxiety inducing, could be. So he says this, I have anxiety. He admitted it. He didn't claim that all anxiety was something he never faced with. And man, you shouldn't be faced with it either. Uh, he actually, a few verses before chapter uh, four, verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He is pleading with two of his dear friends in Philippi who were women, Yodi and Syntyche, who were at war with each other, who were fighting. And, and, and the word he says, I plead with the Yodi and Syntyche. And he addresses someone else and says, please help them. This needs to change. So here's the facts. Sometimes anxiety is reduced uh, or is not reduced until we do something that we're supposed to do. Maybe you need to send Epaphroditus back. Maybe you need to go have that conversation with somebody that you know you've needed to have the conversation with, but you're just not doing it. Maybe you need to seek help for finances that you've gotten yourself into a bad place and maybe you actually need to sell something that you love and it's a great vehicle or something like that, but it's causing you financial pain and hardship. Maybe you need to send Epaphroditus back. Maybe you, as a number of us here, wrestle regularly with clinical depression and anxiety. And maybe you're just not willing to admit that. Or you thought, I'm managing. I'll just keep gutting it out. I'm okay. It's surely not fortunate as some people are who don't have to wrestle with this, but I, I, will, I will survive. Maybe you need to go make an appointment with a doctor, as some of us have years ago and should have done <laughs> longer ago than when we did. Okay. Maybe there are some things for anxiety to start to be reduced uh, that are dependent upon you doing something that you just have been putting off doing, right? Now, uh, Paul gives us a description. Well, first of all, he says uh, a, a really harsh fact. Sometimes you think the anxiety that you're carrying, uh, the lack of joy, the lack of peaceableness. It isn't bothering anybody. I mean, it, it, it's, it's you carrying it. But interesting, 
He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. What he says is, hey, if you don't have joy, it shows. Let your gentleness, your even keeledness, your stability, your peaceableness, your non-anxiousness, your non-stirred upness, let that be what people experience. And when people run into you, they know where you are. They know whether you're a fretter or not a fretter, or whether you're fretting right now, whether you're mad, whether you're angry, those kinds of things. And that's not something to be embarrassed by, but it's an indicator something is wrong. Something spiritually needs addressed. Blinking light, blinking light, red light, by the way. All right? So, he says this. Um, there is a prescription, he's about to unload to us, a prescription uh, for finding out what is best and redoing that. He says, uh, let's go to the next slide. Uh, He's going to remind us, I'm going to remind us of back here where we started, and this is my prayer that your love for God and the salvation he has provided for you, essentially is what he's saying, may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. That's what we're after, what is best. How do I do what is best? How do I do what is best? So now down here in chapter 4, verse 4, back here again. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your evidence, I think, let's go on, one more. But in every situation, no anxiety, rejoice. But in every situation, by the way, you know what this really means? <laughs> but when you are anxious, when you are anxious, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart, your minds, your joy in Christ Jesus. There are two things here, uh, two things that are part of us regaining our perspective and joy. One is uh, talk to God, change the channel. 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 This is talk to God, okay? Talk to God. Uh, by prayer and petition, prayer and petition. Now, mostly, uh, prayer is conversation with God. It's just talking, talking and listening. And maybe this is how I'm feeling. I'm praying for somebody else. Uh, I feel distraught, Lord. I, I don't know what to do, God. And petition specifically is the, is, uh, the, the, the zoned in, uh, very uh, zeroed in request. Lord, I don't know where the, I do not have the money for rent on Friday. I don't know where it's, I need you to supply. I'm asking for your provision. Uh, I'm asking for uh, Aunt Sylvia who is in the hospital with cancer. I'm asking that you would invade that room right now. That there would be an uh, invasion of your peace, your healing, your grace. God, I'm anxious right now. <laughs> so a specific request. So, uh, prayer and petition. Present your request to God and the God, peace of God, let's go back. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard, not understandable by mankind, doesn't make sense in the circumstances, in the wickedness, in the terribleness, in the overwhelmingness that you are sitting in around, does not make sense. 
You're worried about the world that your children are going to grow up and your grandchildren are going to grow up and, and, and you're so concerned about what it's going to be like. Are we going to be in a World War III? Will I ever be able to pay for all the things I used to pay for with the budget I currently have again? Will gas ever, will I ever be able to go to the tank and fill it up 100% at a time? but peace that transcends all of that, which makes no sense. It will guard your hearts and your minds. The peace, the peace of God, peace of God, God guards, God guards, God guards. The peace of God guards. You need a little guard? <laughs> need a big guard? Need a big guard dog around your heart and your mind? Talk to God. Number two, next. Following brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these kinds of things. You need to change the channel. Talk to God, change the channel. Talk to God, change the channel. Talk to God, change the channel. What percentage of the intake that you have, whether it be from media or anywhere else, uh, are things that are noble, right, pure, Praiseworthy, excellent. That person on the TV <laughs> talking truth. I don't know. I don't know they're talking truth. One person says this, one person. And so there's just a need for us to change the channel sometimes to the things. And in that, we need an intake of scripture. We need a steady intake of scripture, not because it fulfills a responsibility from us to the Lord, but because we need to have the channel changed. And we need material in us by reading the scripture or recalling the scripture that will change the channel. So talk to God. This is where I'm really at. This is what I need. And help me change the channel. Now, one very specific prayer that, a prayer that is so important here um, that I give to you. <clears throat> Lord, I ask that when my thinking has been hijacked, that you arrest my thinking and remind me that I need to change the channel. All right? This is a prayer you to God. I pray this uh, regularly. Not as much these days as I have done earlier in life, but Lord, I ask, when my thinking has been hijacked, and I'm not aware that that has been happened, that you would arrest, strong action, my thinking, and remind me that I need to change the channel. And I call this one of those forever prayers. Because then, at other times I pray, God, and I mean this forever, even if I don't even remember to play it ever again, I'm asking that you would hold this. I am on purpose, very specifically, asking right now that you would hold this as a prayer that I want you to know that comes from my heart and my mind all the time, even if I can't really remember to do it. Intervene in my thinking, Lord. So they're going to be taking this away, uh, but... We're going to pray that prayer here in just a bit. I'm going to have you all stand. In a few moments, we're going to end with a song as we always do. Uh, on the sides will be members of our prayer team. And you can come and have prayer for anything that you like. 
Uh, it may be about today's message, it may be about something else, physical need, financial need, whatever the case might be. Um, uh, please take advantage of that. The fact is you don't have to be a member of Life Church to receive prayer here. Uh, you don't even have to wait until the song's over. As soon as we uh, uh, begin singing, you can slip out the aisle, everyone's standing, it's easy to do that, and make your way to the sides. Um, here's the deal. We're going to pray this prayer together. You've seen it. Um, if, you, if that's your prayer, if that's your heart, I'm going to pray uh, a, um, a phrase at a time, and you'll repeat after me, all right? So here we go. Lord, I ask that when my thinking has been hijacked, that you arrest my thinking and remind me that I need to change the channel. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we just lift up uh, these dear people. And if there be anyone here who actually needs to know you as the Lord and Savior of your life, give them the courage to say, Lord, I choose you over all the channels that are broadcasting right now. So, Lord, give us a hunger for your word, a passion for what is right from your perspective. Cause us to yearn for joy in Jesus' name. Amen.